Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid in over the line, takes it right circle, waits, shoots, it scores! Low blocker, and Edmonton rallies to win in the shootout, Connor McDavid! I'm not sure you're going to see back-to-back games like that anytime soon again. My goodness, the Edmonton Oilers again can't preserve a two-goal lead in the final 20 seconds of the third period. Last night, they were saved by a goalie interference call in Los Angeles. No such luck tonight, but they do win in a shootout 6-5 over the Anaheim Ducks. Jack Michaels calling Connor McDavid's game-deciding goal. Leon Dreisaitl also scored in the shootout. Ricard Raquel had the only shootout goal for Anaheim. And oh yeah, he scored thrice in regulation time. Two of them in the last... 21 seconds to help Anaheim tie the game and at least earn a single point as they stay in the playoff race. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown after, uh, I'm sure, what was an emotionally exhausting game for many of you. The Oilers do take it 6-5. A a night that had them doing a lot of good things, Rob. Getting a lot of players chipping in and then another meltdown right at the end. Yeah, it it was a game that... uh... The Anaheim Ducks needed badly. They just lost to Arizona, who's last in, in the National Hockey League last night. So they come in, they, they can't lose to another team that's near the bottom of the standings. Yet they start out, they get the first goal, something that's plagued them all season long. They get the first goal and they th- things are going. And every time Anaheim scored, they got it, came back and had a very good shift the next one. And things were looking really good for them. But I remember giggling when they scored to make it 4-2. I'm thinking, oh, there's no way it could happen again, is there? California like this? And again, uh, poor decisions with the puck. Uh, poor decisions moving the puck out of the zone. Uh, Camilleri with a two-goal lead trying to put it into the, the empty net. Milan Lucic not getting the puck out. And then on the, the, the tying goal, just being in the wrong spot. Uh, that was probably, uh, on an all honesty, a coach's mistake. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably would have had someone out someone out there in, in, that's a little better defensively than him. Uh, you know, bobbling the puck, Montoya bobbling the puck, thinking he has control of it and he doesn't. The Oilers, for a lot of games this year, were outplayed. Now when they're playing well, they're having a hard time finding a way to win. And I think that's just a team that's fragile, that when they get that lead, they're hoping that the clock ticks a little faster than it does and sometimes forget about continuing to play the game as the last two nights. I mean, you just don't give up two goal leads in the last 25 seconds of games ever and to do it back-to-back games and only be saved by you know a good shootout and a good favorable referees call from being complete disaster. Oilers win 6-5. Yeah, I mean, I know people are already writing in about Lucic being out there for that final face-off with uh, about 10 seconds left in, mm-hmm. in, in the game. He, You know, he struggled getting pucks out often in his mm-hmm. own end, so if he would have had to get a race to the wall there or chip it out along the boards, you haven't trusted him a lot in that situation. I, I mean, no, it, there's not a lot of options no. on the team in terms of experience, but, I mean, Kara's been 
playing well and then there's even a third center out on the ice if if you needed somebody else and I know some guys had just gone off but Strom even Camilleri again so yeah I think that one's going to be debated for sure yeah and I and I can't debate it I I, I agree uh, when I saw him lining up for the face I was like oh you know I'm not sure that's the call I would make I think maybe as a coaching staff you, you want to to continue to push positive on him just because of the, you've got him for five more years and you want to make sure that he starts feeling good about himself, you need him. But there, the mistakes that Milan was making at the beginning of the season in his own zone, he continues to make today. And we saw that there was two real blatant ones where he just threw the puck blindly in, in his own zone from the wall to the middle of the ice. And it was, there, it turned one into a two-on-one. And you can't do that. Therefore, having him out for the last face-off, uh, probably was ill-advised. A, a wild game from start to finish. The first goal came 13 in, seconds into the game, thanks to Leon Dreisaitl. We did get a first goal of the game winner today. And then it was 4-2 Edmonton with six minutes left. So then the teams combined for four goals in the final six minutes. Anaheim getting two in the final 21 seconds. Uh, Eero Pakarinen got his second of the season. That should have been the insurance mm. with 4.20 to go. Connor McDavid finishes with three assists. Ryan Strom scores twice. He has five goals in his last five games. Camilleri with two assists. Dreisaitl had a goal and an assist. Some of the top offensive players for the Oilers. We do have the Japanese Village goal light activated on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can go there and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Well, we turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. And they did tonight. Actually, I'm just watching a replay of the tying goal. I mean, people are going to call on the play. Milan Lucic was just standing too high. And the puck and the player both went below him towards the net. I mean, you watch opposing teams when there's a goalie pulled and the Oilers are trying to score a goal. There's five guys almost in the blue paint defensively. You've got everyone back there and you're forcing them. Not only, you've got to shoot the puck through the goalie and the two defensemen and the three forwards. And on that play, Milan, Milan's kind of in no man's land, standing, watching the play below him. He's got to be lower. He can always skate out and get into a shooting lane, but you can't chase. And the, the player, the puck kind of took a weird bounce and Raquel's standing by himself in the slot. That's the offside winger, Milan on that point. That's his job to be down there as support. And Raquel, who uh, was all-world today for the Anaheim Ducks, made no mistake. Other stat of note here, Leon Dreisaitl took 27 face-offs tonight. He won 16 of them. Which is, which is pretty good considering this Anaheim's... Uh, I mean, Kessler and Getzlaff are two very good centermen, and he was going head-to-head against Melna. How about, and I know you and I talked about it before we went on air, how about the pass that Leon made in overtime to Connor McDavid. Leon was standing below the goal line, kind of using the net as a screen, keeping the defender away from him. He waited until Connor got full speed, and he threw a sauce pass. There's about four feet in the air that landed flat, right on Connor's stick in full speed at the far blue line. One of the two penalty shots that probably should have been called, or at least two penalties that should have been called in overtime. And I I thought Leon Dreisaitl was excellent tonight. Excellent. Connor McDavid was good. Camilleri was good. I thought Slapashev was good, but I thought Leon was excellent. Uh, and uh, a highly entertaining game that probably didn't have to be as entertaining as it was, but it allowed us to have a pretty cool overtime and shootout. 6-5, the Oilers win it. You can give us a call, 780-496-0063. We have Greg standing by. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. 
Um, so a couple quick things first. Um, if we go 20 for 20 in the last 20 games, I think we could make the playoffs, eh? Uh, uh, maybe. Possible, but still not not a guarantee. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, the other thing, a uh, couple quick things. Um, I don't. The refs are pretty inconsistent tonight. I don't want to, like, crap on the refs because it's been beat to death all year long. But, I mean, when you get cross-checked to the face, you get punched to the face, the, and then you call the, the Darnell Nurse um, the trip, which was kind of bogus, but whatever. I mean, I'd like to see more consistency with that. Um, but more so, what I wanted to ask you guys is, uh, Johnny Oduyo was put on waivers today. Um, do you think that would be something that maybe the Oilers might um, be interested in looking at or not? Um, honestly, I don't know. Like, Johnny, he's old, isn't he? he seems yeah, like 36. he's been 30. Yeah, 36. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they have any interest in him. I think that they're going to watch and see what Benning can do, what Ovito can do going down the stretch. They won't re-sign an Adoyu. Um, he's, he's past his prime. It's one of the reasons he's been put on waivers by another team that's really struggled this year in Ottawa. So I honestly don't think that they would be interested in him. Thanks, Greg. Also, oh, sorry, go ahead. One, one more thing. Uh, we still have one more uh, California game to go, so we can still uh, blow a two-goal lead with Thunder. <laughs> yeah, oh that's my God. right. Jeez. Tuesday, right? I tell you, no lead is safe. I, it makes it exciting. We've gone from worrying about... I mean, I mean, a week ago, we were worrying about the first shot of the game in the first <laughs> minute. Now we're worried about the last couple shots of the game in the last 25 seconds. Just crazy. Anaheim... Ties it in the last 21 seconds. 1939 and 1953 are the official times of Raquel's goals, but the Oilers win 6-5 in a shootout. Ryan Strom, his stick is hot lately. Ever since he got mad and smashed it, he's been doing a lot better. Five goals in five games. Let's go back to Anaheim. Here's Strom. There, but uh, tried to work hard, go to the dirty areas, and it's funny how it works. I just think it's starting to even itself out. I don't think it's anything too special or a special recipe. You know, the team is playing well, and we're, we're winning some games now, and you know, it's nice to see the pucks going. So history can repeat itself, eh? Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, we'll just take the win and, and all that and um, move on to San Jose. I mean, it was almost identical. I mean, they scored, and they went to face out. They jammed it in. Yeah, you know what? We don't make it easy on ourselves. I said that last game. Game, but um, found a way. It's a gritty win. It's tough to come out in overtime and play after doing that. But um, we had some great players out there that made some great plays, and we got the win. All right, Ryan Strom's our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The three stars picked at Honda Center: Raquel Getzlaff and McDavid. I mean, you could throw. Dreisaitl's name in there as well. He had a pretty good game. Camilleri, obviously, a couple more assists. A lot of uh, offensive stats tonight. The goal, I mean, and here's the thing. Montoya makes uh, still makes 41 saves, including he only faced two shots in overtime, a breakaway, and a point blank from Raquel after Getzlaff rang it off the post. Yeah, there was some, there was some good chat. Well, actually, Anaheim should have ended it at the very beginning of overtime. And then... When they didn't, it was all Oilers after that. I mean, the Oilers have the advantage. They play McDavid and yep. Dreisaitl for four minutes and ten seconds of the five-minute overtime. It, it, this shows you the the kind of shape that both Dreisaitl and McDavid are in. They play back-to-back nights. The Oilers did. And tonight, Dry, McDavid plays over 27 minutes. Dreisaitl plays 24 and a half minutes. And in overtime, they didn't come off the ice. So uh, both of them were excellent. And, and I still, and, and another player, I mean, I know that uh, Bob was talking about him. Camilleri has really, really shown something over the last 10 to 12 games. And what he shows you, too, that it speed is one thing, 
playing with top players, but understanding the game is just as important, maybe more important. He can't get to the spots that he needs to get to as he used to, but he can think the game as well as he ever has. And he's looked very, very good playing with with Leon and Connor, whoever he's been with in the last little while. Oilers have won three straight tonight, 6-5 in a shootout over the Ducks. We have Alex on line two. Hey, Alex. Hey, guys. I'm uh, really glad we survived Game 5 Part 2. Uh, God, I can't believe that happened. Anyway, um, I wanted to call last night and talk about the goaltender interference, but after tonight, I just I don't have any interest in talking about uh, two goalies. Um, I really like the, the team game tonight, though. I really like how he started and uh, pushed the pace a little bit. And You know, you look at the season, I, I, that's one thing that has been sorely missing from this group. When they push the pace, they can take on any team in the league. And we saw it with Tampa. We saw it with, you know, Vegas a couple times. We we saw it with the Washington Capitals early on in the season. But when they push the pace, they they can take on any team. We saw it tonight. And if they don't give up that two goal lead, we're we're talking about a totally different, you know, situation here. But I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, well, that's fair, Alex. I mean, they they did do a a lot of good things tonight. Timely goal scoring. I, I know they did give up a power play goal, but they, they killed a penalty mm-hmm. late in the third period to hold on to the lead <laughs> at the time. You know, a couple of... Shlepyshev got his fifth two games in a row. Pakarinen got his second. He doesn't score. Great pass from McDavid, by the way. We're not yeah, even talking about that. Hit the post, got his own rebound, set up Pakarinen. That's a good point by Alex. If it ends 5-3 or even 5-4, we're, we're totally talking about a bit of a different game. We, we are. you got to like the, you know, the great play by McDavid, but the fact that Pakarinen got it, a lot of players won't get that pass because it went through two sticks, four sets of legs, and, I mean, he just had to keep a stick on this, but most players do not get that pass. You see so many of them, oh, he just misses, but he got it, and then he actually took his time, stopped it, got it, got himself cocked, and put the puck in the neck. He had, he had a nice game tonight, too, Pat Grennan. A lot of players are going to get opportunities right now because of the players moving on. Oilers survive a shootout 6-5 over the Ducks. Mark Letestu traded to Nashville for Pontus Aberg. He'll join the team for the game in San Jose. Quick break for the news. More of your calls, more post-game reaction. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. So a face-off to Montoya's right. Still a two-goal lead for Edmonton here. Beaten off the draw, drive settled by Derek Grant. Shot, blistered high and wide. Rebound! What a save, Montoya! He stopped it with the glove. Andre Kasha absolutely robbed. All right, that's Montoya's save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite award-winning RV dealership for over 40 years. Oilers win 6-5 in a shootout. Montoya and Miller were the goaltenders, probably one or two each, maybe they would like back, but they also each made some exceptional saves. That was a great glove stop by Montoya. Miller made three game savers in overtime. The Oilers survive. They blow a lead late, win 6-5 in a shootout. Uh, by the way, Leonard, first goal of the game winner. want to give him a plug for uh, picking Leon Dreisaitl, who scored 13 seconds into the game. And our face-off trivia winner, Trevor, knew that Mitch Moraz was who the Oilers took in the second round in 2012. Same round that Aberg was taken by the Preds. Mm-hmm. So Trevor gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery from Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. 
780-496-0063. We have Mark on the line. Hey, Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, uh, great show. I love the show. I just have a, a comment and question. Um, I guess uh, comment is that i um, love to see the team uh, coming around. Uh, too bad it's all late in the season, but I guess better late than never. Um, it, it shows that... Um, you know, these players are trying this time. And my question to you guys is uh, regarding coaching, Mr. Todd McClellan. What does he seem in, in, in Lucic keep putting him on the first line? And what was he thinking about putting him out last 20 seconds of the game where he's just standing around? And, um, you know, he always says that people have to earn their time, but he keeps, you know, having Lucic on the first line while, you know, Pugliarvi's drop back and, and I... I I don't know. Just don't understand his coaching style. Well, one of the things they see is they've got him for five more years at $6 million. So you've got to play him, and you can't move him. So Milan Lucic is going to be here. So you've got to find, you've got to get confidence in him. Uh, Right now, there's not a lot of options to put up front with Maroon being uh, not in the lineup. Milan hasn't always been in the top two lines. He he spent a a little bit of time down on the third line when he was struggling. As for Pugliarvi... Pugliarvi has given, been given opportunities to. He hasn't grabbed them. He hasn't played well enough. But you're right, Milan. I wouldn't have had him I out there at the end. Out. I thought that was a mistake, and it cost the Oilers. I mean, I, honestly, I, I mean, I guess we can debate now, but I, I would have had Kara out there. I, I mean, agree. Bigger body can skate. If for some reason Drysaddle gets thrown out, I would have had him take the draw over McDavid. Well, you can have your all-world players out there, Leon and Connor. Yes, they're fast. That's and their they fast, still and, check. and they're the and they're they're the best two players you have on the team in both ends. But then you also have a guy like Kara. Kara's going to put his face in front of a puck before he lets you score on him late in a hockey game because he knows that if he makes a mistake, he's not going to get that opportunity again. So that's why you have someone like him out there. I agree. I would not have had Milan out in that situation. All right, Mark, you're going to finish the play. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set. You park from Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Here we go. Set up the right-hand side. McDavid's got a chance here. In over the line. Right circle centers. One-timer to save made on Milan Lucic by Ryan Miller. Keeps it 2-1. And that's the kind of year it's been for Lucic. All right, Mark. So Ryan Miller playing goal here for Anaheim in back-to-back games because their usual number one is injured. Is the Ducks' usual number one John Gibson or Brian Hayward? Gibson. Absolutely. Do you remember, <laughs> or do you remember Brian Hayward? Nope. <laughs> He's on the Ducks TV broadcast now. He was, he was a decent a, goalie. He was the backup, I think, for uh, Patty Waugh. Played Waugh for yeah, a while. And yep. he, he wanted to be a starter and moved on. And There was he, one year in Winnipeg he played 62 games or something like that. I've, I've interviewed him about that. He just, like, really played a ton for the Jets. All right. Mark, good job finishing the play. I wanted to talk about Lucic. And it's, actually, that was a good a good chance. McDavid to Lucic, who I, did what he had to do, fired it quick, but yeah. Miller made the save. Yeah, I, I, he, Connor's looking for him. Connor, Connor's trying to get him a goal. And when Connor's on the ice, he's looking for guys that need to get a goal, need to get off the schneid. And Milan had a couple of great opportunities today. Just right now, I can tell you his frustration level is through the roof. All right, uh, Kent and Andrew up next on the phones. You'll also hear from McClellan and McDavid. Oilers 6, Ducks 5 in a shootout. Crazy one. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. 7-10 to play in the first period. Game tied at one. Slepeshev gets it back. Quick shot. Score! 
What a feed by Connor McDavid and Slepeshev. All right, Slepeshev scoring for the second straight night. At that point in the first period, the Oilers were up 2-1. Oh, it was far from over. Uh, McDavid, three assists, the game-deciding goal in the shootout. Edmonton, six, Anaheim, five. If you are just joining us and don't know what happened, the Oilers were up 5-3 with 21 seconds left, and the Ducks tied the game. Overtime was insane, and then the Oilers win in the shootout. Fair uh, summary, Rob? The very fair. It, it was fun. Uh, that was, uh, I mean, the fact that there's not a whole lot on the line for the Oilers right now, you can uh, relax and just enjoy the the excitement of the game but a huge point for the anaheim ducks and if they eventually come back and make the playoffs this year and and get in by a point they can look back to the time they scored two goals in the last 21 seconds to do it they have 12 overtime slash shootout losses their their team is not built for overtime it's not i mean they're they play a bully style hockey they're big and mean they don't have a ton of speed so when they, they'd be much better going into overtime five on five than go to five overtimes and just beat you to death and eventually score a goal that way. They, uh, they're they not as good when they're playing, when it's a three-on-three three as we saw in overtime today. Kent calling in. Hi, Kent. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I really like your show and, and your analysis. And, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, you guys were among the first to notice the problems with special teams with the Oilers, I think, and, and uh, some of those problems remain. Uh, and some of them seem to be getting a little bit better. like to hear your comments on that. Um, in terms of my comment today, I'd like to just talk a little bit about death by a thousand cuts. Um, the cuts to me seem to be at every level of the organization. You know, it's not death by a thousand cuts on the ice. It's really, there are problems here, I think, um, that remain in the organization in uh, analyzing talent. Um, There are problems that remain in coaching decisions. There are problems with very highly paid players who are have questionable behavior off the ice that's directly impacted the game. I mean, you know, as much as I love Dreisaitl and and Rob loves Dreisaitl, everybody knows what happened at the beginning of the season, so I don't need to really go into it too much. Um, And so I don't know. I think if we can... uh, mitigate some of these little cuts i think things can can happen uh better next season i like that coffee was brought in um because frankly he has way more nhl experience than anyone else uh formally in the coaching staff or uh in management for that matter and just one brief comment on brandon davidson um I heard Rob uh, yesterday talking about how he didn't understand the trade and then he came to, uh, I don't know, agree with it or or understand it based on that they were getting something for nothing in terms of a uh, waiver wire pick that was coming, a waiver wire pickup that was coming back as a third round pick. Well, something to keep in mind in analyzing this type of trade is that um, Davidson is uh, basically, the kind of player that you want on your bottom pairing, I think Rob would agree with that. Yeah, that's not. It wasn't the, the reason I said that I agreed with it at the end was because he is an he's a restricted free agent, and they've got to qualify him. And I think his qualif- qualifying offer has got to be 1.6 million or somewhere in that range, which is too high to pay for your number six defenseman or number seven defenseman. The others are going to be strapped for cash. 
They, they have four guys tied up for about $34 million. So they cannot afford to have a guy that's their sixth defenseman making $1.6 million or seventh defenseman if that's where he's at. So that's why I understood it. And then when you did trade him, well, it turned out okay when you got back a, a, a draft pick for a guy you picked up on waivers. But the reason I said I, I can understand it is when I f- realized he was a restricted free agent and needed a new contract. All right, Oilers win 6-5 in a shootout. Back to Anaheim, here's head coach Todd McClellan. Games, what do you want to see more from your team? I'm just a little more poise. Um, there were a few situations I thought we could have handled ourselves a little bit better. Um, in particular, we had the puck out over the uh, blue line. 5-3 and uh, you know all we have to do is advance it we don't have to be shooting at the open net get the red and lay it in and we can get fresh people on the ice and we probably kill it so um, but those are uh, learning moments for our team right now and um, we're learning the hard way but fortunately enough for for us we've been able to come out on the, the winning end both nights and you get the win and there is a human element with the trades going on and losing teammates to, to have the team kind of come together and find a way to grit it out what's that mean to you as a coach well, not so much to me as the coach as to the players in the locker room. That's what's important. And, uh, you know, right now they're, uh, they're competing hard and they're doing some of the things that they need to do. Um, as we lose players uh, due to the trade deadline, that's uh, part of the business. And, and when you enter it, you understand it. We've been the group that put ourselves in this situation. Uh, it's never fun. Uh, but we've got one more day to go. And then this group that remains here has to... Uh, you know, we're either going to move the needle and get better or we're going to get worse, and uh, we have to make that decision. I think so far they've made it uh, uh, in the positive. Um, Connor had lots of chances in the overtime, too, and then on the shootout, it looked like he kind of did something he normally doesn't do. He usually skates right down the middle of the ice as fast as he can. This time he gave it the, the circle, the swoop like most guys do. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that's obviously a, a good observation, and um, he's such a talented player. He's got many different ways and, and approaches. Um, I think he's a very studious player, too. He watched what the, f- the, f- the first couple of guys did and planned his, uh, his attack from there. Um, you know, so sometimes it's nice to use him a little bit later in the, in the shootout. Um, he can analyze what's going on and, and uh, plan what he's going to do. Cassian, how badly is he hurt? Uh, bad enough that he didn't come back. Um, he had hurt himself a little bit in, in L.A., uh, thought he was good to play, and then obviously took a, a tumble behind the net um, day-to-day, and we'll see where he is tomorrow. Um, and Maroon, obviously, you were told to sit him out. He was uh, good to go. He was in warm-up, and um, the decision was made to pull him out. All right, so Patrick Maroon will very likely be traded by tomorrow's 1 p.m. deadline. On the advantage, Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Canucks lead the Coyotes 2-1 with eight minutes left. Predators beat the Blues 4-zip. Sabres over the Bruins 4-1. Red Wings beat the Rangers 3-2 in overtime. Wild beat the Sharks 3-2 in overtime. Oil Kings lose 8 nothing to Swift Current. And in four overtimes, Rob and I started following this game the longer it went. In four overtimes, the U of A Pandas are eliminated from the Canada West playoffs. one nothing in Game 3 by the Manitoba Bisons. Second longest Canada West women's hockey game ever. That's too bad. 73 minutes of overtime. Of overtime. So it was a double game plus another 
half period in a bit. And it's going to be a long bus ride home. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's your Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Six goals for the Oilers today. That means a $150 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 every time the Oilers score. All right, Andrew's up next on the phone lines. It's 949 Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Rob Brown here as well. Our adjustment of the game is the final 20 seconds for the Edmonton Oilers from the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. A two-goal lead almost evaporated last night in L.A. It does tonight in Anaheim, but the Oilers come back in the shootout to win 6-5. Okay, guys, we're going to be on 11 a.m. tomorrow morning for trade deadline coverage. Uh, Rob and I from Rogers Place with Jack and Bob, Brendan Ulrich, and special guests. Um... So we're, we're, we have to wrap up at 10 tonight. So I'm going to have to ask you guys 40 seconds each. There's three people on hold, and we'll start with Andrew. Andrew, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, I just want to say, uh, what do you guys think of them getting rid of or moving to the shootout like, way later and have 10 minutes of overtime? By the time they submit uh, the players they want to shoot and then have all six shooters clean the ice, it's almost been five minutes anyways, and you would eliminate like 50% of shootouts if you had 10 minutes of overtime, and it's a way better way of determining the outcome of a game. Like I, I think. I'm all for it. I agree 100% with you. That, that was so exciting watching the three-on-three tonight. I'm 100% with you. Dean on line one. Go ahead, Dean. Okay, I was going to talk about how the officiating was pathetic, but I only have 40 seconds. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, Ryan Strom, why I like him versus Jordan Everly. You would never have seen Jordan Everly in front of the net. He would have been around waiting on the dot, the face-off dot, waiting for the puck to go. And seeing that Ryan Strom will be probably five or six goals short of Everly's target last year, he'll probably get rid of him. But this is what I like. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, Ryan Strom's playing well right now. This is the Ryan Strom that they needed most of the year. Hopefully he'll continue it throughout the rest of the season. Up to 12 goals now on the season. And Al on the line. Hey, Al. Yeah, hi, fellas. Just want to comment on the... Uh and get your take on it, on uh, why the orders are, are so lackluster with uh, in the last minute of a period or the first minute starting a period, and you saw the results with 20 seconds left. Like, are they just not straight? Is the coach not instructing them properly? Are they not listening? Because there seems to be a lack of structure, like a lack of, 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 a, of a play that they have to do. It seems like as soon as the puck is dropped, everybody goes to the puck. They don't cover a man. They don't have a system. And it's cost them so many games this year. I don't think it's I've ever seen anything like this in 40 years of watching hockey where a team gets so lackluster you know, with that little time left. Yeah, thanks, and Al. It's like a mental, it's like a mental uh, lapse. And uh, yeah. I think the coaching staff has to jump on that and, and electrify it. All right, Al, Al we got we got to go. But you're right. The, I, I, tonight, I think, it was a coaching mistake having Lucic out there. I think the structure's there. It's a matter of the players playing amongst it. Sometimes it's decisions made by who's on the ice. And tonight, I think, it was a bad decision. All right. Oilers win 6-5 in a shootout. Letestu traded for Pontus Aberg. Likely will make his Oilers debut Sunday, or pardon me, Tuesday at San Jose. That'll be a 7 o'clock face-off show, 8.30 puck drop here on 6.30. Ched, 
11 a.m. tomorrow morning, Rob and I from Rogers Place. Special trade deadline coverage. We'll have more time to speak with you then. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. 6-5, Oilers beat the Ducks in a shootout. It was crazy. McDavid in over the line, takes it right circle, waits, shoots, it scores! Low blocker, and Edmonton rallies to win in the shootout. Connor McDavid, the game winner. The Oilers sweep Southern California and prevail 6-5 over Anaheim.